Hey everyone, it's Amber. I just have a quick programming note to pass on to you. Um, this program that you're about to hear was recorded quite a while back, way before all of this happened with COVID and the pandemic. And my family and I had re just returned from a vacation and I had a wretched cold. So if you <laughs> hear me sounding a little off, please be assured um, I, I, I'm not sick currently. I didn't have COVID. It was just a really bad cold. And when I talk about our travels, um, that was way before the whole shelter in place thing. So rest assured, we are not breaking any travel um, etiquette here. And we are, we're all at home and, stay, and safe. And that is my prayer for you too. Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I am super happy that you are here with me today and I apologize in advance because I'm getting over a cold and so my voice is a little bit crazy. Hopefully it doesn't drive you nuts. It's been driving me nuts for a couple of days now, but I'm on the mend. So here we go. Today's episode call is called, There's Only One You. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you are going to be ready to embrace your uniqueness and go with it and not worry about what anybody else is doing, what anybody else looks like, and just <laughs> go with who you are. So let me tell you what um, got me thinking about this. It's really been gnawing at me for a little bit now because I started writing a Bible study on spiritual gifts. And as I was doing it and researching the parts of the Bible and Romans and Corinthians that talk about how we're a body of Christ and we all have these different gifts. Um, I just realized how we all have these unique responsibilities and talents and jobs to do in the church as a whole, and that it would be silly to compare ourselves to each other. I mean, that's basically what the Apostle Paul says. You can't compare a foot to a nose. I mean, they have such very different jobs. It would be silly, right? And yet sometimes we think that what we do doesn't really have any value because, you know, we're just cleaning the kitchen at church or, you know, preparing Easter breakfast at church or whatever. And that's just silly because the things that we do, they matter and they need to be done. And so we don't have to worry about comparing ourselves to anybody else. So 
I um, started thinking about with that, and then it, it kind of was on my mind even more when I was um, doing my Matthew Bible study with the women at church, and it came up multiple times how there are so many people doing things behind the scenes and how valuable those behind-the-scenes players are. You know, look in Jesus' ministry. He had these women. There's just a few places in the Bible that we're told there are these women who followed him around and cared for his needs. Now, look at the amount of work that Jesus was able to get done. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But you know what? He wasn't a, a lone man. He had this group of women who were following him and and mending his clothes and making food for him and making sure he had a clean place to lay his head at the end of the night. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what they did, but we're told that they cared for his needs. So those people were super valuable, even though we only heard about them in a couple of Bible passages that are sort of hidden away. It's okay because they had a huge role in the kingdom, even though, you know, at the time they might not have thought of mending Jesus' robe as being anything great. Well, you know what? Jesus didn't have to do it and helped him to look good. So it was. It was, um, you know, definitely helping him with his ministry. So anyway, that came up multiple times. And then to put the icing on the cake, um, I just came home from a vacation with my children. And while I was vacationing with my children last week and my husband, of course, I just noticed how very, very different we all are. Like You can have four children who came from the same two parents, and they can be so completely unique. So if you have multiple children, just see if you you can relate to this at all. So I have one child who I know I can count on if I need to get something done. So she is very task-oriented. I can give her a task. She will complete it. It'll be done very well. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to remind her. That is not the case with several of my children, but I actually have two that are pretty good at tasks like that. I have one child who, who, thank God I have this child, is able to remain pretty calm in chaos, and they can pretty much see through the chaos and go, you know, I think what we need to do um, is this. So all the rest of us are kind of running around like uh, our hair is on fire. (laughs) One of my children asked me the other day, do you think we're dramatic? Yes. (laughs) Yes, this family specializes in drama. Um, So anyway, thank God I have this child who, you know, is just this major problem solver. Well, I also have a child who, thank God, God gave this child to me. I have a child who is able to notice things. So we can all be you know, totally oblivious. And this child will notice what none of us are seeing and make something so beautiful. You know, make us see the beauty in a situation that we're totally overlooking. For example, several years ago now, I remember uh, on a a Sunday morning, we were headed to church. There was fresh snow and I wasn't particularly happy about it at the time. And uh, we came to a stop sign and this child from the back seat said, Mom, Look at how sparkly the snow is. Okay, I had not been seeing any sparkles in the snow. I saw that on an already rushed Sunday morning, I suddenly had to shovel the two inches before backing out of the driveway. So um, what a blessing that God gave me a child who sees beauty (laughs) because I am prone to missing 
the beauty in being super task oriented. So um, I noticed that my children were all very, very different, but I also, for the first time maybe ever, noticed their role in the family. And I noticed that we all have different weaknesses. And what a blessing it is that we all have different weaknesses because it would really bog us down as a family unit if we all had the same weaknesses. So some of us have the weakness that I already told you about. We kind of overreact or um, aren't able to keep a calm head in stressful, stressful situations. And some in the family struggle to get up and get moving in the morning. You know, I'm one of those who is bright and early. Oh, I'm ready to go. Whereas some people need a little bit more sleep. And if they don't have their sleep, man, they can um, have a hard time putting on that smiley face and being in a good mood. But, you know, at the same time, at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I'm done for. Like I am completely useless after that time where those same non-morning people can keep it going halfway into the night. So um, what a blessing that God put different weaknesses and different strengths in the same family unit. And you know what? He did that in the body of Christ, and he did that in communities. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing once we open our eyes to it. What we tend to do is say something like, why can't you be more like so-and-so? Instead of embracing the differences, and that's such a mistake. And we don't want to fall into that. So I have had a Bible passage on my wall, or right now it's not on my wall, um, it's in my kitchen, but I've had it in my house for the last 10 years or so. It's from Deuteronomy 7, 6, and it says, Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. Like I said, right now, a couple of years ago, I moved it right above my coffee pot so that every morning my family can see this passage because as my kids were growing up and entering their teen years now, I have a, a late teen, two who are in their later teens. And um, I just think it's really important for them to know that regardless of what you're doing really well and regardless of what you are struggling with, you are God's treasure. So God didn't forget to give you a special talent or ability. He didn't forget to give you some spiritual gift that you can use. Um, he didn't make you out of the remainder parts from all the good people that he made. <laughs> he made you unique and special, and you are chosen in a treasure. And you fit a very unique purpose that only you can fill. And you might be saying right now, yeah, right, Amber. Um, yeah, I set up communion at church. Okay, great. So what if there's four of you? You're still unique and you're still a treasure. Um, you know, it's great that you don't have to do it every single Sunday. It's great that there are other people who can do it. You know, whether you're teaching Sunday school or leading a Bible study or heading up youth group or leading a men's study, whatever you're doing. I mean, it's important. And it doesn't matter if you're in a small rural community or if you're, you're in a metropolis. It doesn't matter. You are filling a niche in your little place of the world. And that's important. And that's necessary. And that is awesome. 
so often I think, especially, like I said, I have teenagers now, and it's so easy to fall in the trap of wanting to look the same as everybody else. I want to wear the same things. This is a cool thing to wear. I want to have this hairstyle because this is what everybody else is doing with their hair. I want to go into this um, occupation because this is what everybody else says they want to do. Oh, man, let's not fall into that. Clearly, God didn't want us all to look the same, or he wouldn't have made us so different. And isn't it the unique things that are great? You know, I have some very tall, thin, beautiful friends, and they are wonderful. But I have some very curvy friends with some whole different unique qualities. And you know what? Some of those are the quirkiest, funniest people that I love hanging out with. So I don't want all my friends to look the same and to act the same. And thank God we're not all the same because that would be really bad. I know for me, I'm a very driven person and it came to my realization several years ago that I can drive people crazy because I barely get done with one thing and I'm like, okay, now let's start this project. And some people are going, um, seriously, we're going to take three weeks off. We're not going to talk to you. And don't talk to us and don't call because we're not going to help you. So we're all unique. And it's a wonderful thing that everybody is not just like me. And it's a wonderful thing that everybody's not super laid back. Um, God gave us each our position and our place in the world to serve a purpose. And that's a wonderful thing. I have three quotes and I love these quotes. The first one is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And it says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you someone something else is the greatest accomplishment and again that's that whole idea of please don't try to fit in please don't try to be anybody else you know I've had a couple times in my life where people have tried to be just like me and it doesn't take long and God didn't create them to be just like me and I don't need to try to be anybody else because I guarantee you I will fall flat. And this is why I have a different family than you have. So there's a reason I can do the things that I, I do. Because my family is a certain way and we operate a certain way. I know what I can do. And, I, and that may not be your family. And so we shouldn't try to do what anybody else is trying to do. We shouldn't try to be anybody else. We should just be us. Ryan Seacrest says this. Fortunately for me, I'm in this unique business of not singing, not dancing, not performing, just kind of being there. I love that. I hope you know who Ryan Seacrest is because he's constantly surrounded by dancers, performers, and singers. And he's going, you know what? I'm totally okay that I'm not them because that's not my role. And I know what my role is. And that's a beautiful thing. And if there's anything that comes out of this besides the fact that just embrace who you are with your gifts and don't worry about anybody else. I think that's the thing is what's key here is finding your role where you can use your gifts and you can be okay with your gifts and you cannot worry about anybody else. Just find your, your role. And how do you do that? Well, try things, see how it goes. You know, there's a couple of things that I've tried and it didn't take me long to realize I am not meant for this. This is not my cup of tea, but there's also been things that I've tried and over the years I've gotten quite a bit better at it. So that's okay too. Just 
jump in, join something, do something, try it, see how it works. Ask your friends, what am I good at? If they say you're really good at getting things done, you are needed. And if they say, you know, you're really good at being able to get us out, you're like a visionary. You can see where we need to go. Oh man, we have some committees at church that could use you. Um, there's, there's a place for everyone. Uh, the last quote is anonymous. I don't know who it's from. It's unknown. And it says, you will never influence the world by being just like it. And you know, that's kind of what Jesus said. He said, you're the salt of the world. You're the light of the world. Don't try to hide your light and don't try to be less salty. Be who you are and do what you're meant to do. Um, you know, one thing I noticed too, when I was in Florida last week, every once in a while, I'd be sitting and looking at someone in a restaurant or when we were at a beach or something, and I would say, oh man, that person looks just like someone I know back home. But the more I watched them, I realized, oh, they're nothing like that person. So it's funny that someone can look so similar to someone else, but be in a totally different place, doing a totally different job. And that's a beautiful thing. That's how God made it. Um, And no matter where we are, I am absolutely convinced we can find what we're supposed to be doing. And um, that's the key, is being happy where we are, knowing that we have things to offer, and jumping in and offering those. There is only one you. And we are so glad that you are here, and we want you to be part of this team, to be part of the Christian body and pick up a role, whether it's joining the choir, teaching Sunday school, playing piano, whatever it is that you can do, um, even if it's cleaning the church or bringing something, maybe you are an awesome pie baker, there is a spot for you. We have lots of potlucks at church. Um, And like I said, if you're a visionary, man, do you know how many committees at church could use you? Um, There's just always a place for everyone. There's some role that you can fill. If you're a super good people person, you can be a greeter. I mean, just embrace who you are and use that in God's kingdom to his glory.
This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you like this message, please remember to share it with your friends. And also remember that Time of Grace is listener-supported. And that means we really appreciate your prayers, and we need your financial contributions to share this message and others like it with many more people. Thanks so much.